Maybe I, maybe I don't know how to do what I do. Has that ever occurred to you? Yeah, practice makes perfect. That's what you say, but like my feeling is there's a lot about what I do that I, I've really kind of just been coasting uh-huh. since 2004 or five. Uh-huh. I haven't learned that much more. I don't really understand a lot of how the technology works, and I'm scared to change it. Uh-huh. And I, I, I'm kind of incurious about that whole... I mean, I'm somewhere between curious and scared about changing anything. I don't really like editing in anything but Descript, which I realize most podcast editors probably consider a toy. This isn't a tech problem, though, right? I can't decide. But no, but, but the thing not. is, I'm used to just busting into a room, which, by the way, I've tried to stop doing as a person. But as a podcaster, that's the only way I know how to yeah, Kramer anything. style? Kramer style, like uh, the guy who doesn't read the room, you know? Mm-hmm. John, it's become very important to me that, that people learn how to read the room. And let it begin with me is what I say. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I know what I like. I guess. I, 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 do I know what I like? Do you know what you like? I do. Hmm. All right. I'll save it for the show, but we should talk about podcasts someday. Um, John. Hello. Hello. <laughs> keep practicing. <laughs> <laughs> you keep practicing. You do that. <laughs> hey, John, it's that, it's that time of year again where we, uh, we, we, we try to help out with, with a good cause. Um, uh, as you know, Bob, and, uh, and, and that could cause is, uh, St. Jude, uh, the children's, uh, hospital in uh, Memphis that helps families of kids with, I, I mean, I don't think they'll turn you away if you have something besides cancer, but cancer is really what they're good at. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like I say, you should always, you know, when you go to a restaurant, if there's a name of a food in the restaurant, that is the, uh, the food you should probably get. And in this case, if, if you've got a kid, uh, and I really, I hope you don't, but if you've got a kid who's, who's got some cancer stuff going on, boy, is this place ever great. And this is the time of year where uh, Relay FM and, uh, and friends of Relay FM um, try to raise some money. Don't try to. They do a really good job with it. But we need your help. We need your help to raise money for, uh, for St. Jude's. And uh, you can go to stjude.org slash relay. I don't think we, we don't get anything from this, do we? I think I've asked you this before, but you're The satisfaction of a job well done is what we get. Well, most of my jobs are not very well done, so I could mm-hmm. probably use some, I mean, maybe I could get, could I get like a sweatshirt or something? Actually, I think there is. So, so there's a bunch of different things this year. So things to know that are, that are different about this year's uh, thing. So September is cancer, childhood cancer awareness month. That's what yeah. it's called. And that's why Relay does during September. First thing to know is this is the 60th anniversary of St. Jude. Um, Th- thank you, Danny Thomas. You know, that's Marla Thomas's dad that started mm-hmm. that whole thing. The, he didn't invent the spit take, but he perfected it. Yep. Uh, second thing to know is there is a way for, uh, for other people to do their own kind of like sub pledge drive. That's so uh, smart. So freaking yeah. smart. And so this is, you, you may be thinking like, well, th- isn't this the pledge drive? Aren't we asking you to give to St. Jude and then you do that and that, that's the pledge drive? But you can sort of get your own pledge drive you're going. Saying, you're saying you, you can fork it. Yeah, where you go out to people that you know and ask them to contribute to St. Jude. And obviously that's a way to get more people to give. But the second thing that it is, is like, say you're not in a, a financial position right now to give to St. Jude. I don't have any extra money to give to, to childhood cancer, you know, right now, right? Fine. But what you But you may have a little bit of time or some connections, or the ability to email five people who you know do have money. And that's like the, what the, uh, you know, the sub, I don't, I don't know what they call it, but the, <laughs> the sub campaign is. Um, mm-hmm. And if you go to uh, 
you know, the, the URL we just gave before, stjude.org slash relay. There's a big donate button, of course, but also there's a thing that says sign up and fundraise. And that's what you would do if you want to do a sub, you know, type of thing. So I'm not saying this is just for people who aren't in a position to give themselves, but that's one of the advantages is that even if you can't actually give money, you can give time, you can use your connections to other people to give money. Um, and why do we need to, why, why do they fundraise? Why the heck do they need our money to uh, save kids with cancer? More saliently, why do they need your particular money? Why should, why should you take your hard-earned money and give it to these Tennesseans? Yeah, well, this is just the sad state of the country that we live in. We live in a big country with a lot of kids that have cancer, but uh, we do not live in a country that has any kind of affordable universal health care. So a uh, cancer diagnosis can uh, be a financially devastating event to families unless they get help by St. Jude. St. Jude... Dude, slicing uh, lemons could bankrupt you. Yeah. <laughs> At St. Jude, uh, if you go there and your child gets treated... The families and the children that get treated there never get a bill. It costs them zero dollars. And St. Jude also pays for food and lodging for people who live in different states. Right. Um, and so it goes from something that is going to destroy your family financially to something that you literally don't have to pay for. And by the way, they'll also help pay for food and lodging and stuff for the families that are there, which may not seem like a big deal to people elsewhere. But imagine what it'd be like if you had a kid with cancer and then you realize also my other children and our entire family is now going to be destitute uh, because of this. It's, it's it's a terrible system, but it's a system we have. And how does St. Jude give this cancer treatment without sending any of the families or the children a bill ever? Because people like us give money to them. So that's how it works. Is it an ideal system? No, it is a bad <laughs> system, but it is a system we have. One, one step at a time. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, given the constraints, given the system they have, knowing that your dollars will go to help some family not have to think about money. They have so much other stuff that they're going to have to think about when they have a child with cancer. At least they don't also have to think about financial issues or its impact on their family or any other hotel, children. That have to, yeah. You know, all that stuff. Yeah. Or, or like th them having to go to other people to try to fundraise on their own. This is why we do this fundraising. Let the families that have kids with cancer deal with the medical situation only let us worry about the financial stuff yeah yeah i, I mean I, I i agree with you that it's a bummer that the system is the way it is but on the other hand to speak of happy things it always buoys me to see how many people kick in what they can for at least what i consider to be one of the i mean there's a, all, all the great causes there's many great causes out there but this is one that um i, I mean I can't promise you I've done it every single year, but like I always try to give something every year because it, it really is a good cause. And I don't know, I'm just reminded of times like, like when my dad died and like everybody from church like came and brought us covered dishes and plants and there was babysitting and it was just this like, you know, kind of non-secular mutual aid society <laughs> that was really, really, in addition to it really helping my mom in particular, it also made us feel good to have the people around us be able to, you know, do something that could lighten the load. And it's nice to feel cared for. And, and these folks do that. Now, now the problem is I screwed up. Um, this is not to pat myself on the back, but I, I made a donation when this thing started this time and I didn't do anything funny. I didn't do, I didn't, I didn't make fun of Casey. I didn't fork it to, for a sub challenge or topic. It's fine. You, you did the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, but like am I am I decreasing engagement, John? Should I be increasing engagement? I don't think you need to make a funny donation. There's no pressure to include a comedy routine with your donation. Literally go to the, the webpage, click donate and give them $1. Like every little bit helps. Um and, and if you're wondering like, oh, am I just putting this money 
down a hole here. Well, great. So I'm paying someone else's hospital bills. So what? Uh, the name of the place. Think, you think people are saying that? Oh, I just want to say the name of the place is St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. They don't just give whatever treatment for cancer. They're trying to find better cures for childhood cancer specifically because it behaves differently than adult cancer. Uh, and over the course of doing that, they've increased the survival rate from 20 percent. It used to be that 20 percent of children would survive cancer. Now, 80 percent survive, uh, thanks in large part to the, the research and uh, you know treatments that have been developed at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, which they share with the entire world. So even if you don't even live in the U.S., say you live in a civilized country that has health care that doesn't bankrupt families when their children <laughs> have cancer. By giving money to St. Jude, you allow these people to do research into childhood cancer, specifically research that they then share with the rest of the world. Hmm. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a it's a really good cause. I. Mm, 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 yeah. I I, I. 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 I don't know. I. I. I never. There was a time where if I ever did anything on the internet, and it involved especially like donating money, I would never ever 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 put my name on it because I thought that was crass. Mm-hmm. And I, when I do give money to this particular cause, I do put my name on it. Not to be covered with glory, but because I think it's I think it's nice to know it's not just that we're participating in it with our own dollars, but like I think I think it's nice to know that I don't know it's I I think it inc- probably encourages people a little bit to know yeah, that you're mo- you're modeling good behavior. Am right? I? Yeah. Well, all not, right. Not. So I didn't do it too bad. Should I still make fun of Casey somehow? Should I start a sub challenge? Yeah. Um, and so you actually do get stuff this year. So Relay is doing this thing where if you donate uh, uh, an individual gift of $60 or more, you'll get a uh, a bunch of wallpapers and a screensaver, apparently. Uh, and if you donate more than $100, you get stickers uh, wow. in addition to the digital stuff. These are different wallpapers than you get for supporting us, right? See, you know what? I don't want Danny don't... Thomas. I don't want Danny Thompas, uh, Thompas? No, the small plates. Uh, I don't want this... Danny small plates, you know, uh, wheezing our juice. Because the the wallpapers are, are what brings the boys to our particular yard. I realize they have different prizes if you do different like things. If you do the like start your own fundraising campaign that I described before, I was wondering why I didn't get access to the best prizes. Because one of the things they have is if you start your own fundraising campaign and you and you raise more collectively, you raise more than two hundred fifty dollars with your fundraising campaign from everybody that you pull in, which shouldn't be that hard to do if you have a lot of people that you know. That's when you get the desk mat. Like they have a big desk mat with uh, cartoon pictures of Steven's head. I was wondering, oh, I didn't have access to that because I'm just a stupid individual donor. And I did donate more than $250, but I didn't get the desk mat. But anyway, I'll survive. We we discussed this. I don't think think, like relay adjacent people like us, like relay hosts, we're not supposed to start our own fundraiser. We're supposed to tell people to start their own, but we're supposed to give, I don't know, it's complicated. Anyway, they call that cannibalizing. Yeah, just because yeah. I, we want all our dollars to go towards like we don't we don't want to if we did that and we got sub people to do it, we would be taking away sub people that other people could be getting to donate. Anyway, sure. I get that. Late. We already we already did our donations, um, but you should do yours. Me, do you remind me next year to do better? I think you did fine. Like, I mean, what are you going to do? You got like know. one line to put as a description. Well, I, don't, I don't I don't know. I mean, like, you know, it's life is complicated. I mean, you're trying to if you're trying to cover yourself in glory and be yes. the, the the number one donator like I was for a brief period of time until someone dethroned me. You could do that. But uh, wow, you know, I need to. You guys should have me on your show. Have you thought about that? You could maybe have me on. Uh, are you may- a CEO of a cryptocurrency company that you think should be on our program? <laughs> maybe <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you a desk, Matt. <laughs> uh that is i just made it my twitter uh url um saint jude like it sounds s-t-j-u-d-e dot org slash relay 
And thank you, in addition to listening to and uh, supporting this program, uh, thanks for doing what you can to help out some families that could uh, could use it. Yeah, and this is, so this entire month is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, but our show schedule is so weird, this may literally be the only episode we get to promote this. So please uh, go, to the, go to the URL. The link will be in our show notes. We've spelled it several times, stjude.org slash R-E-L-A-Y. Yeah, if, if, you hear this, if, you, if you hear this in the future and it's not, 2022 you know i, I won't be you mad can if you any time you, you can may give not it be any time you may not be part of the september 2022 relay pledge drive but it, your money spends just as well if you give it in october or november or december or whatever totally true stjude.org slash relay this episode of reconcilable differences is brought to you in part by squarespace you can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash diffs. Friends, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and for growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website. You can engage with your audience and you can sell anything, your products, services, even the content that you create. How crazy is that? Whatever it is you want to do, Squarespace has got you covered. There's so much you can do with Squarespace. The one that blows my mind is this online store business. I still can't believe this is real. You got some products you want to sell them? Guess what? Online store. It's yours now. Squarespace. Whether you sell physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools that you need to start selling online. Now, see, I, I would have had a different life if, if I could do that. That would be amazing. You know, you got to love that. You got to love the templates, you know? best in class website templates. You can customize these to fit your needs, but just start out with something beautiful and then you make it your own. They can just have that. It's as easy as browsing the category of your business to find a perfect starting place. And then you just customize a few clicks, a few, few drags and, and, you know, and and Bob's your uncle. And, And, you know, I love blogs. I got blogs in the blood. There's, there's probably some kind of a procedure I could have done for that, but you know, Squarespace, this is the meat and potatoes, right? Powerful blogging tools, and share your stories, your photos, your videos, and updates. You'll be able to categorize, share, and schedule your posts to make all that content work for you. I'm a big fan of Squarespace. I use them all the time. It's where we host the Roderick on the Line podcast. It's where like my, my personal website lives. And maybe most important, most saliently, Squarespace is what I am forever recommending to other people. I don't want to be in the webmaster business anymore. I'm so happy that Squarespace is now in that business for me. And I can say to somebody with confidence, if you need a place on the web that you're going to call home, you can go to Squarespace. I'm happy to help you set it up, but you don't, you know, you don't really need my help. That's what makes it Squarespace. It's the best. Just go. Go to squarespace.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. You can get a free trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use that offer code diffs, D-I-F-F-S, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash diffs. When you decide to sign up, use that offer code diffs for 10% off your first purchase. It uh, it really helps John Syracuse and the little guy really needs it. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. We, um, today, uh, oh yeah, well, I don't want to promote us, but uh, this is, we're in ordinary time right now. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a non-bonus content week, but that doesn't mean we don't have other things to talk about. We're going to continue um, getting through these many topics uh, that we like. And, and it's not because we don't have other ideas. Believe me, this, this, we got to work on this document at but, some but point. But we, got, we have to work through the material. This is all gold. And if we, if we hit one right. of them and, and it's a whole show, that just shows how valuable it was. You know what Robert Evans says? Robert Evans <laughs> says, that's, 
You're laughing at what? <laughs> your obsession with Robert Evans. Like the only things I know about am him. Am I obsessed at with all Robert Evans? Are, you bet your ass I am. The only things I know about him at all are through you, right? So you, <laughs> you would send clips, you would send links, you would send things, and it's like, I don't understand your obsession with him. What Robert Evans says is that the number one rule of I'm not going to do the voice. I'm not, mm-hmm. not going to be racist, but Robert mm-hmm. Evans, uh, the late great Robert Evans, who once favored one of my tweets or his social media people did. Um, Robert, the great Robert Evans, uh, who, who made uh, made that spaghetti movie that uh, John liked. Um, he uh, he says the number one rule in Hollywood: don't leave anything on the plate. And that's why he says to Al Ruddy, "Don't Listen, leave anything on the plate." You got hmm, that's, that's interesting. Or meat on the bone? Do you prefer that? Well, so I would, it's the one expression that's kind you, of, you know me, I might have, I might've gotten that so close. I might've gotten well, that wrong. I, I can't correct you on this one, but it, like the, the expression that sounds similar to that is leaving money on the table as in there's something more you could have done to get more of what you have been getting, but you didn't, you left it there. Yeah. Right. But, uh, don't leave anything on the plate is not really an expression, but you can understand what they're getting at, which is like food is put in front of you and you should just gorge yourself on until everything's gone. Because otherwise yeah. you're just like, I don't, I don't understand. Like you're wasting food. Well, you know, he did a lot of cocaine and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send him. you, I'll send you the video that I posted on the internet about this from that uh, show. I'm not encouraging you to watch called The Offer. But uh, he says to Al Ruddy, after the success of uh, the great Albert Ruddy, he says on, on, on a private jet, Al Ruddy's trying to pitch him on this movie that we would later know as, the, I believe, The Longest Yard. And uh, and Evans is saying to him, yeah, we can't kid. We got first. We got to get the second Godfather picture going. You know, you know, you're not even on the plate. That's the number one rule of Hollywood. Something like that. Because because that's you know that's uh, and and that's us. We're like that. We're Robert Evans. We do that. Like we've got a plate here, and we really do need to work on this document at some point. And you know, we don't want to spill any seat on the ground. You know, commit the sin oh, of owning. So you just your metaphors are getting mixed and increasingly gross. So we need that's, to move well, on. Well, I can do worse. Hmm. Yep, yep, yep. I, I save you from a lot of it. Um, but uh, we're going to do some minis. But um, I, I don't know. Do we even say, you know, there's an Apple event uh, this week on a Wednesday of all things. And you boys on uh, ATP uh, talked about it. I have not gotten through all of that yet. But uh, is there anything you uh, didn't get to on your tech podcast that you want to get to on your feelings podcast? Anything? Strike you, grab you, anything interesting about the uh, the Apple event in general, the the products, the event itself, anything? I guess feelings related. I'm actually kind of glad I was not invited to this event. Uh, I was invited to the last one. What was the last event? It was like um, was it October. I don't remember. Whatever whatever the last event was, uh, the ATP hosts all got invitations, but only Marco went. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time, uh, I didn't get invited. None of us did. And I'm very glad because that... Uh, let me avoid a difficult decision, uh, which would have been, should I go or not? <laughs> All right. Last time it was easy. Oh, I know what it was. Last time, last time must have been the summer because last time I couldn't go because it was my son's high school graduation. Right. Okay. So easy, yeah. easy decision. Uh, and that's what I told Apple. I'm like, hey, you know, <laughs> thanks for the invitation, but it's my son's graduation. I didn't say it was his high school graduation. I, maybe they just think he was graduating eighth grade or something. I don't know. But anyway, it was his high school graduation. It was a big deal. So I, you know, I stayed here at, for that instead of going to the event. But this time, had I gotten invited, what would have been stopping me from go other than uh, from going other than my good sense to not get on an airplane uh, with? Uh, yeah, but like, COVID, uh, I, 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 I hope I'm this doesn't sound like it's coming from a, a place of snark. But I mean, it's not people. Lots of folks, including y'all, have talked about how this the new setup for uh, Dob Dob and stuff like this, the like video first not in person part 
you know, is beneficial in, in many ways. It makes it, you know, easier for lots of people to get access to the, the good content out there, but then you don't get to like necessarily go to the, whatever it's called, the developer innovation hall or whatever. But, you know, it, it is really mostly just rolling a bunch of videos. What, and, and also like, it's not a, a WWDC of old where lots of your pals would be there. Would you be temp if you did get uh, invited, you would have to, would you have been, had a hard time deciding? Cause I, I, it would be a no brain. I don't even want to go there. And I almost, I live near it. Well, so this, this particular time, the reason it would be difficult, the well, one reason it's always going to be difficult is it is expensive and time consuming, right? So uh, and this is setting aside are, your own feelings about yeah, but, travel in general. Yeah. Plane tickets are expensive and you have to take, you and know, you get sick. Yeah, it can mess with your schedule, all that stuff, right? But setting that aside, right now in particular is it would be a difficult time because COVID is still rampant. I managed to make a, a trip to the Midwest and not get it. And that was, uh, you know, the first time I had flown in three years, talked about it on a past episode. Mm -hmm. Don't really, uh, you know, want to do that again. And also the new booster vaccines were coming out. And I had, by the time I would have had to go out there, I don't think I had my, I do have my new booster now. But at the time I would have had to fly out there, I wouldn't have had it. And wouldn't that be terrible to get on a plane to go, you know, across the country and hang out with a bunch of other people uh, and then get the new COVID variant like two days before your appointment to get the booster that protects against the new COVID variant, right? Yeah. Whereas if the event was going to be in two weeks, now having just gotten my vaccine and, you know, having a two week settle time for it. I would be much more inclined to go. And what would I be getting when I go there? If they're just, you know, you're going to sit in a room and watch a pre-recorded video. That's not why you'd be going for this hands type of hands-on stuff. Yeah. You, well, two things. One, you're going there to see all the other Apple, you know, tech industry people, all the other people who get invited, you know, people who I know, people who I don't know. You get to see all the YouTube people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't have any interaction with them. But anyway, they're there. Like you get to, you mix with other people, quote unquote, in your industry, which is a valuable thing. Right. Because you're and especially since there's no general public, it's just all industry people who get invited for the most part. Uh, that is valuable to just see those people, talk to those people, quote yeah. unquote, network with them, whatever. That is important. And second and thing is, yeah, up, hand, you know, yeah, hands on. Like, so you get to see the phones before everybody else. If you're, a, 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 you know, a big wig, which we are not. But if you are a big wig, they'll send you with the home with the review unit or something. You get to talk to again, if you're a big wig, you get to talk to people behind the product and get a press briefing and, you know. This is stuff that I've done before at various times. I've been a bigger wig than I currently am. Um, and so, yeah, it is valuable to go. And so I I really would want to go and definitely would go if those other things weren't a factor. But the timing with the vaccines was not great. Uh, and, you know, an expense, so you just, you just eat it mm -hmm. for the most part. And it's the iPhone event. It's not like, hey, come out here so we can show you, you know, some minor, you know, is the new Mac mini coming out? Come fly out to California for it. It's like, yeah, maybe not. But the iPhone is a big deal. Um, and so, yeah, I would have gone if well, if I had been invited, I would have had a difficult time not going. But I would have known in my heart that I shouldn't go. So mm -hmm. I'm glad uh, my feeling about this event is I'm glad I wasn't invited. So I didn't have to make that difficult decision. Now I can just, you know, I didn't have any decision to make. I wasn't invited, so I didn't go. Yep. I think a, um, I think a good idea in life just as part of being a an adult is that if you give a reason for not doing something, I think what, even if you have numerous reasons, I think it's usually valuable to give exactly one non-changeable reason for something or, or zero reasons. Another great approach. That's what EB white would do. 
I must decline your offer for secret reasons, I think is no, what he uh, said. Secret reasons is like giving 0.5 reasons because now you're saying that there are reasons. Yeah, don't give the internet a puzzle. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what Merlin Mann says. You could just say, I must respectfully decline or I'm sorry, but I can't make it. And the reason I give Apple a reason last time is because I get this vibe from Apple. And this happened a few times. A few times Apple has invited me to an event and I've just plain turned them down. And I feel like if you do that, Apple somewhere has like a clock attached to your name and they just reset that clock. And say, okay, oh, well, it's like not sending a Christmas card to get off yeah, the list. Okay, well, yeah. you won't be getting invited to another event for at least another right, you right, know, right. two and a half years because you turned us down once. Right. And I want to say, like, I'm not turning you down because I don't want to go to your thing. I'm turning you down because my son is graduating from high school. Yeah, I, I just mean all I'm saying is that, like, I. I I think sometimes when we, uh, this is a little bit of a pivot, but when we say to somebody, oh, I can't, you know, do this thing. And a lot of times there's a, a specific reason, which is like, I'll be out of town or whatever. But I think people trip themselves up when they give multiple reasons for something because it makes you sound kind of, kind of cheesy. So like in terms of like maintaining a relationship, <clears throat> um, with other people, I think it helps to give one reason. But in my heart, I also do believe that having lots of little reasons, uh, you don't have to have one big reason to not do something. I think not doing something is a pretty good default a lot of the time. Um, and in that case, all those little things you're talking about, you know, there's nothing there. If you take each one of those little little weights and put it on the scale, it doesn't add up to, you know, quite enough. It's not like it's a Mac Pro event or something. You know, I mean, yeah, but COVID was the big one for me because it's just like interesting. I've, I've been, okay, I've managed as far as I know. I've managed not to get it yet, and I don't relish getting it. I don't want it. It's not for me. No, it's I not something. I, and so, like, I will continue Still to do everything it. I yeah. can. Yeah. yeah, and and even though, like, I I think like was it like masks optional for all the people? Who knows? Like, they're just other people are just like, well, whatever. I'm if I get it, I get it. And I'm I'm not in that space right now. I'm in the want to r remain healthy space right now. So. That would be my main reason. But no, if you give anybody any reason, it is it's not an invitation for this to happen, but it, you open yourself up for them saying, well, if that's your reason, then X. And they give you some thing that this they is think what Michael Scott eventually learned. This is this is how he eventually got, you know, Jim and Pam to come to dinner is is he, uh, he he got past all the reasons by coming up with a way that, uh, you know, he thought they thought they were going to have to work late. So they had no excuse. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. uh I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm glad other people get excited about it. I mean, I watched the thing. I was mostly doing other stuff while it was on, but um, I uh, I I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a fun show. And you, you oh, yeah, this is your year. You're dealing with a CDN, and so you you did order you did order a phone for you. It's your year. I did, and the, you know, good for the, you. I think the, I think the only uh, thing related to that that's going to be difficult is the eternal search for a case. That I, want, that I want a case that satisfies me wow you and alex should start a, a show because th they have the same problem i don't think they have the same problem i think their problem is entirely different <laughs> it's well it's it getting it's, too many cases it gets the same label but mm -hmm. what brought us to that label is probably something very very different mm -hmm. and I, I mean i just i just want i just want it the way i want it uh you know i just want a case that like and if I could just buy the same cases I have for my phone, my current phone, I would just get the iPhone 14 Pro version of that in two seconds. I would not do any searching because I like this case. It's fine. But of course, you can't do that because in the world of Amazon products with names that are really, really long, this product may never exist again in the, in the history of the universe. This is maybe yep. literally the only time this product has this ever been made. This is what you talked about that's the non-Apple uh, leather version that you use, right? 
Yeah, it was. It, you know, you know how much my case costs now. I mentioned an ATP, and, and after the yeah, show I feel was like over, it was like, uh, it was like almost half of what uh, the Apple version cost. Yeah. Right? Well, so after after the ATP episode, like, oh, let me find the link for it so we can put it in the notes or whatever. My case that I've been using on my phone. It's an iPhone 12 Pro. I got it on the like the, the day it was released or whatever. And I put this uh, this uh, this third party leather case on it that I really like. And at the time, I think I bought it for like uh, twenty dollars for this case. Right? That's crazy. Right now, because there's case, like eighty. Th- right now, this case costs five dollars and forty nine cents. <laughs> if you have an iPhone 12 Pro and you would like the case that I've been using for two years, it's five dollars and forty nine cents. And that's yes, the uh, it's a, that's less than the tax on the Apple other case, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I did not buy a phone. I mean, I'm not saying I won't, but it's not anything I need right this minute. And all that's. I mean, this is just on me. It's not on anybody else, but all that stress of the 5 a.m. ordering and the did it go. And I hate anything involving banks and transa- transactions to begin mm-hmm. with. It makes me very uncomfortable. And um, and so I, I did not. But I did go through the steps of picking the one I would want and the case that I would want. Um, but, you know, someday someday in the future months when I when I need to pick me up or, or I see the results that make me happy, I will. I did buy uh, new AirPods. You know, for my work because mm-hmm. I'm a podcaster, I needed those. But, but that's that's about it. But yeah, it seems pretty exciting. That uh, that, that watch looks big. Mm-hmm. It's pretty big, isn't it? Yeah, I can't wait to see one of those in, in real life on someone's wrist. The, uh... Alex claims uh, Alex has heard that that it it, it feels good and heavy, and, and mm-hmm. Alex encouraged me to buy one. And I said, I said, not today, Satan. Yeah, I heard it's it's lighter than expected. From oh, is that the hands it? On, the hands-on Maybe it's people, just the, yeah. the size. Yeah, but it, I mean, it, it looks cool. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, yeah. But, you know, good I, for them. I think it would look better as, if it was attached to the outside of a Star Destroyer. Is it one of those little Greeblies? Yeah. Greebles or Greeblies? I, 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 I get it I wrong. But, but the things that uh, I always think of that starting with kind of like, well, definitely with Star Wars, but maybe preceded by Douglas Trumbull stuff or whatever on... Uh, 2001 but where spaceships aren't smooth on the outside mm-hmm. they've got little boxes all over them yeah those are the those are the greebles, greebles i think it's called yeah it hang on greeble yep so it's called greeble but is it also called greeble also called nernies somebody posted a really good one a couple weeks ago it was very greebly i love that look I really do. Let's see, Greeblies. No, I guess it's not Greeblies. It's just. We should Greebles. talk about aesthetics someday. Because I'm rewatching. I'm doing a, yet another rewatch of The Walking Dead right now, and uh, I was thinking about the aesthetics of The Walking Dead and how, like, if I was, uh, I, I think that I think uh, uh, if I was if I was a pretty girl, I think I'd dress like like somebody on The Walking Dead. I think it's a terrific look. I love those aesthetics. <laughs> if I had a spaceship, I want Greeblies on it. You know what I'm saying? I would do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Maggie and Beth and uh, and the girl with the governor who becomes big later. Uh, you know, they've all got they've all got a certain look that I think is a smart look. Now, what I will say also, and this is not just because I have I have a low rise. I already experienced racism and ableism because of that. But also, all, all, most of the men on The Walking Dead have very narrow hips, and I, I think that's a little racist. <laughs> it sets an unreasonable standard. What about what, I mean, uh, what about uh, what's his name? The guy Hugo? with the no. mullet. Uh, yeah, right. The guy from, uh, yeah, yeah. The guy in the train car. Yeah, that's true. Not that's true. Hips. Yeah. Greeblies apparently is, uh, uh, the Urban Dictionary has Greeblies. So Greebles <sighs> or Greeblies or Nernies. Nernies Ooh. has got to be the UK one. I reject that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care for that at all. 
um, aesthetics. I'll put it on in uh, on the list. Yeah, I like my watch. I, I I screwed up. My last watch I bought, I didn't get. I don't know why I buy cellular on anything. I mean, I know like people like Marco really want it on a laptop, but like I don't really go anywhere. You mm-hmm. know, I don't go any, and I never go anywhere with like without my phone. You know, let me ask you a question. I have so many questions for you. So many computer problems. I'm going to put mm-hmm. you on. Um, can an Apple Watch use um, uh, what's it called uh, hotspot? Can you hotspot with a with an Apple Watch? You mean can you share the cellular connection from an Apple Watch to another device? Can you if uh, well, we went to the we went to we did a little family trip uh, last week and Madeline forgot her phone and I was thinking I wonder if she could glom on to my phone's uh, hotspot with Just, her watch. You mean? Yeah, you can't do that, can you? I don't know the answer to that. I don't wear an Apple Watch. Although, can we rewind a second? Yeah, she forgot her phone. Yeah. Can we just think about that for a little bit? <laughs> like, I, I like mean, of all the, you would imagine, you're not going like, to ask me to age. explain or defend it. In no, because dad, dad, it's taking so long. We're already in the car. I'm doing all the things that I have to do. I'm putting my demon dogs into their kennels so that I will be able to go enjoy three hours of art with my family. Can oh, everybody it was please only relax? a day trip then, but still. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't an out-of-town trip. It was an art okay. trip. Okay, all right. I mean, let's be a little better, but... but but I feel like people are more likely to forget to wear their underwear than their than to forget to bring their phone with them these days. Well, you know, I'm trying to grow as a person, and so this is not the kind of thing I would make a big deal about. But there are things one can put in place that minimizes the chances of things like this happening. Mm, yes, yes. Well, this is uh, there is a spectrum, and it seems like your family encompasses it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I guess <laughs> <laughs> that means you like your the end of the spectrum you're on. You enjoy it. Um, well, I mean, you know, I, I don't like how I am, but what other choice do I have? Mm-hmm, I guess I could become go. different. You think I should do that? I don't know. Hmm. I mean, you, yeah. you've got your phone with you right now, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So? Uh, sometimes I leave in the bathroom. If, if I drop a deuce, sometimes I leave it in there, but I, no, I think in it's the here. Bathroom. In, I know. No, no, yeah. a work bathroom, office, office bathroom. No, no, it's here and it's, and it's plugged in. Mm-hmm. It's on the RC of the, uh, of the you know, 16, but it's, it's still being a little weird with battery. So it needs a little extra battery love. Yeah. I don't do, um, those, I don't do those betas on my phone. I'm going to start. What I'll do is I have so many questions for you. I need to start just like noting them and I'll keep them in a text file and then we can go through a whole bunch of them at once and you can help write me on, fix Write them on index card. That's a good idea. I should do that. Get yourself a, what are those clips called? What are the big black clips? Uh, and in the United States, we call it a binder clip. There you go. And, Find and then in, in the UK, we will sometimes... Uh, I mean, they call it there. <laughs> of course, they call it a bulldog clip. A bulldog clip? Really? That's bulldog what they call clip. it? Bulldog clip. Because of, you know, because of Britannia, I guess. Listen, yeah, we sure. got to be nice right. to them. They're having a hard time right now. Are they? This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Burrow. You can learn more about Burrow right now by visiting Burrow dot com slash rd as the seasons change maybe you're thinking about having a change around the home too you know why not you know it's that time doesn't have to be a full redecoration just one great sofa or dresser can refresh your entire space and make it feel like new but then nobody wants the hassle of moving heavy furniture you got to find a vehicle a giant thing you borrow from a friend and then you owe them a favor and then you need help with the heavy lifting it's just it's a whole thing 
Well, thankfully, there's a furniture brand that took care of that. And that brand, I will surprise you to say, it, it's Burrow. Burrow did it. They offer fast, free shipping on every order, okay? That's going to save you an average of $100, one big hundo, on large items like a couch. Like, why would you want to spend that if you don't have to? And Burrow designs for the way that you live. Their credenzas have uh, cool, adjustable height interior shelves and cord organizing holes at each corner, so they're perfect for any TV. Looking at you, Syracuse. And we can't forget their award-winning Nomad Sofa, which has, would you believe it, a built-in USB charger, so you can browse, stream, and take calls right from the couch. And have a look at the uh, expanded Index Collection, which extends the minimal carpentry-inspired design uh, to uh, bookcases, stools, tables, desks, and more. I mean, you, you can fill a whole house with this stuff. Are you listening? You should be listening. It's just it, it, Burrow makes it so easy to shop. It, it, spare yourself the, the dreaded warehouse trip or shopping online. Everything's designed to work perfectly together in your living space. So all you got to do is add to cart. That's all you do. You go to Burrow, add to cart. Plus, Burrow's world-class support team is available for you whenever you need them. And here's some good news. Right now, you can get $75 off your first order at burrow.com slash rd. That's rd. B-U-R-R-O-W. B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash rd for $75 off. Go and do it. Burrow.com slash rd. Our thanks to Burrow for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Anyway, um, <laughs> the BBC coverage yesterday was so freaking funny. And, and I'm the kind of person, I woke up and, and the thing happened with, uh, you know, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth had, had, had passed on and uh, RIP to a real one. And I thought, man, everybody's being so mean on Twitter. <laughs> I didn't want to participate in that. Although, of course, sometimes I, when a person has something snarky to say, it's not because you want to be mean, but just because it's gold. But like, I didn't want to like contribute to that. But then I watched some of the BBC coverage and it was so understandably crazy and over the top to my sensibility that I kind of like, <laughs> lost it because it was all it, like... It was the BBC coverage all like fawning about how wonderful she was. Yeah, I mean, and and in fairness, like I can't possibly understand how people feel about that particular monarch. Mm-hmm. Like, and and people are often careful to say, like, I may not love, you I know, didn't love the genocide, but uh, boy, she could really dress nice. That's what a lot of people say. Yeah, yeah. Just a um, little bit of genocide. It's when she was young. Who who among us hasn't promoted or participated time. in genocide? It was, when it they was were a young. different time. Did you see the maps? The, a lot of the maps that were going around was showing maps of the world. Uh, with the countries that Britain hasn't invaded highlighted. Have you seen that one? <laughs> no, I haven't. It's a small amount of I the thought planet. I asked you to be nice. <laughs> it's 22 countries. Well, there's still time. Yeah. And in terms of land area, it's really small. Yeah. And then all they all the anecdotes were like, and I, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not trying to be mean, but like, it was just so freaking funny. Because first of all, there is this entire, there's a phrase I have loved since at least the 90s. I love, I love the job title, Royal Watcher. Or like the royal correspondent. It's like, that's so funny. It's just so funny. I get it. I get it that like, you know, especially, you know, you think about in the late, mid to late 90s, you probably needed a royal watcher <clears throat> like to cover all that nonsense. I mean, like I'm I'm an Apple watcher, but the difference is that Apple is a company, not a set of people. <laughs> Who, and also God didn't tell Apple that it should, uh, that its family yeah, yeah. should it, should run a continent. Apple has not yet... Yeah. Uh, you know, invade, invaded any countries or enslaved okay. any people. Okay, like we don't do that. Now I sound like Trump. Apple here, hasn't. Apple hasn't. 
Well, as far as you know, has. for sure. <laughs> I mean, they've Sherlocked other countries. But um, but the and, and it's not it's not funny. It's not important. But they're just they they they, they trot out all of these like all the. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I guess there's some hot royal watchers, but there, there's 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 most. It's mostly just these like these these older white men who each one of them has something kind of funny about the way they are, or the way they look. They're all very colorful, and there's just this guy up there sounding like I don't know, like a Mister Show character. About how nobody could possibly understand how Her Majesty brought the nation together. She spoke on the radio when she was fourteen, and it's like, oh, that's really nice. That's nice. And then, then they get into this, like, it's like the <laughs> they're like, uh, but you know, really today, the thing that everyone's talking about is is her, her tremendous uh, sense of humor, her service. Obviously, so many until the you know the two days before her passing, she was still on the job and. <laughs> shuffling papers around and knighting people and, you know, doing God's work. Well, you know, a Church of England God's work. But, you know, but all the anecdotes were like, I must share with you one particularly piquant anecdote. And, like, everybody's got an anecdote about how funny Queen Elizabeth is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're all terrible. They're all like, oh, my God. I mean, let's, okay, first of all, let's just establish. Like, as royalty, people go in England. Like, she seems pretty cool. I'm not a huge fan of, uh, King Charles the Third, I I'm, I've watched too many things on Netflix about about <laughs> the royal family. That guy seems like a real piece of crap. But um, uh, you know, it would just be like he has no. Um, and Philip, no, Philip's the worst. Sorry, sorry. Listen, <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do power rankings on who's the worst, and the worst is probably Philip. He was a real. He was a serious, deliberate piece of crap. Um. Oh, and there's Charles Dance, who got killed in 1979 by the IRA. Uh, but mm-hmm. anyhow, all of the stories about she was so she loved the people. She was very close to the people, <laughs> and she and a rather rather humorous uh, story I can tell you from my own experience. I'd dropped a biscuit on the floor, and I picked it up, and the queen was looking at me. <laughs> uh huh. Okay. Uh, or there's the one that's like uh, the one that's like oh, and she was already so kind and patient with people, and she didn't even you know correct Michelle Obama when she affectionately touched her back. <laughs> And you're like, ah, she's, oh, she makes it so much easier for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, like, the thing I said yesterday, and I'll, I, I'll, well, I'll be gone in a couple of days, but I, I said something like, I, something like, I hope if I ever become monarch, I'll be remembered, um, for, for, I'll be remembered for being gracious. <laughs> I'll be remembered for being really gracious with all of the crude hillbillies who worship me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is kind of like uh And there's the royalty. That's the whole point. If you don't have the sable and the scepter and all the stuff and like and and all the like I understand. That's what that's what that's how royalty do. And I don't want to be unkind or insensitive, but it is kind of funny that every attempt to humanize her makes her sound more like a crazy zombie person. Yeah, or as if you need to say anything more than the the fact that she's a monarch. Like it's kind of like uh, you know, uh, mass shootings in our country where the one of the various, uh, you know, bad faith talking points from the terrible people who run our country yeah. is like, oh, now's not the time to talk about that because it's right after a shooting. But of course, we have shootings every single day. So it's oh, never like, a time, now right? is not the time to talk about right. how. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So I feel like people are going to say now is not the time to talk about the fact that we have a stupid monarch and we should get rid of it. Like, I'm, I'm sure people have that discussion all the time in the UK, but it's like, but especially at this point, like you would think. 
you might think, oh, this is exactly the time to re-examine, right? Yeah, Let's, that's, that's complicated. Here, people? That's complicated. Like, it, it's not that complicated. It's like, pretty it's, complicated. They get a lot <laughs> of money. Monarchy bad, I feel like. Is, is, you know is she owns all the accepted. swans? You know she owns all the swans? Yeah, no, they they own too much stuff, which is a problem in itself. But I'm just saying, like, monarchy bad, uh, even a symbolic one, even whatever, like, it's stupid and it's bad. Like, wake up. <laughs> Another yeah. map for all right. you. All right. This, all right. this is the other map. Um, <sighs> uh, it's the one that shows uh, countries with dates on them. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and it's about the most widely celebrated holiday in the world. Roughly every six days in the world, a country celebrates its independence from Britain. And it's got a map of the globe showing the dates oh, when each country. Wow. Every country has their, of course, we've got USA 1776, which is the only one that we know. But then every other country, like yeah, Malaysia 1957, Papua New Guinea 1975. I bet there's a good amount of, of Africa and... Belize sort of, 1981, Jamaica 1962. Africa and, of course, Western Asia. Yep, Australia 1931, Zimbabwe 1980, Swaziland 1968. Yeah, India didn't love that. Um, anyway... 1947. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, it's, it's, it's complicated. And, we, you know, we got our own problems here. You know, no, we I mean? sure do, but, uh, yeah. We should raise uh, money a, for, a king the, for the king. Yeah. Yeah, yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. See, now I feel bad. I feel bad about that. But, um, yeah. But yeah, do you have, do you have a favorite, uh, royal thing you've watched recently? Oh, The Crown, for sure. Love The Crown. Any particular seasons you super enjoy? I like I like it all. The thing I like, I mean, The Crown is just a, a well done television show, and also as a non royal yes. watcher, I don't know half of the things on it, so it's all like new to me, right? Yeah, right. Uh, right and right. it does that thing that I imagine that everyone in The Crown, uh, like the real people in real life, are much worse than the people. In the, even when the people in The Crown are trying to be bad, because the people who play them. Oh, because I heard a lot of the criticism was people saying actually it, it was isn't like that. They're making it look worse. No, but like much worse in real life, as in they're not as charismatic or intelligent. Like they're not as charismatic as the actors. They're not as good looking as the actors for sure. And they're not as intelligent as the writers. Right. And so in real life, these people conduct their lives and are themselves Mm -hmm. lesser than. And so it's almost like fan fiction. Right. About the royal family. And in that capacity, I enjoy watching it because I learn things about the real. Like I learned why there's a big hubbub that uh, King Charles, whatever, named his son to be the Prince of Wales now because, you know, and why people are pissed off about that. The only reason I understand what people are pissed off is because I saw the crown and I'm like, oh, this is messed up. I feel the same way because I, oh God, I I eat this stuff up. I hate to admit it, but I've seen all of the crown. Um, And of course, I, I love Claire Foy. Um, I love Olivia Coleman. Oh, the woman who plays Princess Margaret is terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, wait, no, was that? Uh, that's not. Uh, that's not. Uh, uh, Carter. Yeah. Well, the the other one, the the young one, she's really good too. Anyhow, um, but I think uh, yeah, Charles Dance is really good. The guy who plays Charles is terrific. The older, you know, adult Charles, and the woman who plays Diana is like incandescent she's she was so great but like so i i enjoyed that uh i recently watched i mentioned this on the internet the other day but i recently watched a thing on hbo called the princess and no i i added that to my watch list based on your recommendation oh cool 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 it's um it's i think i thought it was really well done and it's it is a documentary probably like a two-hour documentary but it's it's to, to my mind not unique, but unusual in that it's all archive footage and newscasts and stuff, some from like home video, but there's no talking heads. There's no voiceovers. There's no like interstitials to say this is three months later, all that kind of stuff. 
But then that led me back to a film that I enjoy, which is, um, I think, The Queen, the one with Helen Mirren and Michael Michael Sheen. I don't think I've seen that one. I did see the... Uh... Well, because it, it got a ton of acclaim, and I think Helen Mirren at least got nominated and might have won an Oscar for it, but but I it's not anything I sought out at the time when it came out a few years ago. But what I didn't realize was it's about a very specific period. Basically, it's how, according to this movie anyway, uh, how the royal family and the administration... Uh, reacted, dealt with, and in some ways grossly mishandled what happened after Diana died. And uh, I don't know, man. It was a weird... also kind of grossly mishandled all the things when she was alive, too. So just... <laughs> for for sh- for sure for sure for sure but like i guess all i can say is like normally i might be more civil than i'm being right now for a middle-aged man who tries to be empathetic and kind um i might have been less less of a tool this week if i hadn't like just rewatched the queen you know michael sheen he's great he's um he's the guy he plays uh liz lemon's uh english boyfriend on 30 rock he's really great Oh, and you know it's great. James Cromwell uh, plays Philip, and uh, and he's great. I know. And someone was posting him on a game show recently. Was that you? Who... No, I don't think so. It was Michael Sheen on some game show. He's asked to give some rousing speech about something. It was a little bit. Oh, over how my funny! Head. I love that guy. But um, yeah, I uh, that was that was a if I if I had sought to to be as kind as I seek to be in the world, that probably would not be a thing that I watched less than a week ago. Because um, that's kind of fresh in my mind. The whole like. We're not going to have the flag at half staff at Buckingham Palace for, for reasons that absolutely make sense to the royal family. John, do you, do you know why they didn't fly when, when Diana died? Do you know why they didn't fly the flag at half staff? I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, it's because she's no longer an HR anything. Like you're thinking, oh, it's because she's out of the family. She's, uh, she, right? It's just because they're terrible people. Was that it or no? Almost. <laughs> Almost. And Philip is one, at least in the movie, who got real heated about this. The reason, and the whole, the whole country is just like, you know, the world is melting down about this. This shocking death that, I mean, she's practically like almost going to be like a, a Marilyn Monroe character, where it was in some instance, like it was her, her brother said this in a very impolitic way at the time. It was her fame and the paparazzi, like that's kind of what led to her death. It was 200,000 Dollars, pounds, something, a lot of money to get a photo of her and Dodie Fayette together. Mm-hmm. And anyway, but the reason was extremely specific. They're like, and, and of course, Michael Sheen's new in office as the prime minister. He's playing Tony Blair. And he's like, um, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people are asking, can we fly the flag at half staff at Buckingham Palace? And, and they're all like, no. And well, he's like, well, you know, the country's really, it's like, yes, but we're at Balmoral right now. And that's, and they will not, they will not fly. And also the flag that flies is not like the, the, you know, English flag. It's the flag, I guess, of the family of the mm-hmm. Windsors. And so like, no, it would never be at half mast. I think that's not going to happen. And, but like, it was that kind of in the whole thing of like, when they say like, oh, all these flowers and teddy bears are out there and it's, you know, and they're trying to, he's, everybody's trying to kind of gently clue them to how badly they're handling this and how the optics of like you should at least pretend to feel bad about this because this country loves this person and they're like oh it's fine just remove them all no 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 no. you misunderstand (laughs) no 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 we we don't want you to do that like you know and they won't they won't give 
Charles a plane to like get to Paris. <laughs> it's just the whole thing is like, well, isn't that exactly the kind of profligate spending we're always being, you know, raked over the coals about? I mean, that that would be another example of an opportunity where you would think this is the point, especially after the after, you know, this has happened. Another point of introspection and say, is this whole monarchy royal family thing really a great idea? Because, yes, the country did love her. And yet she was essentially killed by, uh, you know, trying to live the life that a royal person has to leave. It's like, look, it's not even good for the people who are in the royal family half the time, which is part of the point of the crown. Oh, a thousand percent. So it's bad for everybody on the outside. Also kind of bad for a lot of people on the inside. And it's so bad in here that if you throw certain people into this pit, it, it literally kills them or makes them flee to Canada. And you would think, again, that like now, after this tragic death and the, co- the country is in mourning, this would be a time where we would reexamine the idea of whether we should do this. But no, didn't. I mean, it's probably like us with guns. Like, there will never be a point yeah. where we reexamine well, that. Well, <laughs> reported, oh, why am I talking about this? I regret this. Um, the Charles is going to try and do a, uh, you know what, I don't talk about it. But supposedly, without like unraveling the whole system, like there is thought of like, you know, how we can manage this differently. But that not that the problem? Or put differently, that's the problem, isn't it? Is that, is that like, it's you, how are you going to do monarchy light? Like no, they're that's... already doing monarchy light. It's, it's just so stupid. I mean, I understand, like, I'm sure they're the, the, whatever they call the thread of people who are anti-monarchists in, in the UK have existed for as rep- long as the monarchy has re- existed. Republicans, I think it's called. And, and I'm sure they continue to work on that project, but just like we have people in this country who are fighting for gun control and everything, but you know, it's an uphill battle on both sides. So yeah, it's not really the time, John. Yeah. Okay. Well, I really regret that. Um, we got some uh, mini topics. Well, that's almost an hour right there. <laughs> you didn't kill the queen. What do you regret? Hey, easy, Tex. Um, um, yeah, yeah. The queen is dead. You know that's a song by the Smiths. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you see the what was it? Uh, the Twitter account of Johnny Rotten posting how sad he was that the queen died. <laughs> what? Really? It's kind of odd. Yeah. See that guy. That guy. Deadhead sticker on a Cadillac. Yeah, that's true. He's. I think he's. I don't know. I. I. Mm, he's English, so I guess I understand. But he's. He's got a lot. He always seems like he's kind of got a lot of. Lot to prove. Like mm. I bet he's not very fun to be friends with. You think? Yeah, I mean, I bet. Like, what are the other guys? Paul and. Uh, I bet the other guys are more fun to be friends Ringo, with. Ringo, Pete Best, yeah. Ringo, Pete Best, Do Sutcliffe, all the other guys. Uh, did you hear the new track from uh, the Giles Martin Revolver that's coming out? Did not. Hmm. I can't tell the difference. I think my ears have really, really gone. Yeah. Yeah. No, for real. Like, I, I can't even tell. Listen, we got many topics we got to talk about. We, this, we, we, Robert Evans, the great producer, you know, he says, he says, don't leave anything on the plate. Allegedly. Are you going to watch it? Do you think you think you watch The Offer? No. It's got Ozymandias. I don't it. even understand if that's supposed to be like a Spinal Tap style parody, a fictionalized docudrama. I don't even understand what it's supposed to be, but it's I know a, I don't want to see it's it. It's a okay. Well, it's got the guy from Fantastic Beasts in it. He plays Coppola, and he's really good. The the lead from Fantastic Beasts? No, no, that's uh, Eddie Redmayne. I'm talking about the guy who's the baker and gets the cute girl. The, oh, the baker, the, the the short squat guy, the lovable guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with his zap him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's really good as Coppola. Um. Uh, anyway, uh, sorry, England. Uh, and, uh, what do you say? What, what do you say at a time like this? Uh, you say, uh, let's get Abolish to the, the monarchy. That's what you say. See, let's get to the minis. 
Wow. Is that a controversial stand? I don't know what you're saying. Wow. But it's not the time, John. It's not the time. It's, no, it's exactly the, the time. The bodies are still warm. It's exactly the time. Look, <laughs> nature is trying to do it for you. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Indeed. You can learn more about Indeed right now by visiting indeed.com slash Diff. So here's a, here's a question from our friends at Indeed. What's better than finding quality candidates? Well, they also provide an answer. Finding them right now, and and uh, and and that's that, that's that's the uh, that's the better thing. So so for a powerful hiring partner, you need Indeed, because Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. You can find top talent fast. With Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools, things like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. And if you hate waiting, well, Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. So much to love about Indeed. Uh, here, here's, here's one thing. Indeed does the hard work for you. Boy, I love when people do the hard work for me. You sponsor a job and boom, Instant Match just shows you candidates whose resumes uh, on Indeed fit your job description right after you post, immediately, right there. Boom, Instant Match. They call it that for a reason. So with Instant Match, yeah, you can start hiring fast. So so right now, uh, you know, could you go right now, join more than 3 million businesses worldwide who are using Indeed to hire great talent fast. You can start hiring right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. Okay? The offer's good for a limited time, so you better go. Claim your $75 credit right now. You go to Indeed.com slash diffs. Say it thrice, and it's almost like praying I-N-D-E-E-D dot com slash diffs. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our thanks to Indeed for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Okay. <clears throat> okay. All right. Wow. This is weird. You know, we're recording on, on, a, on a different night than usual, and it feels, it already it feels different to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we start, we're starting at the top. So there are things that uh, this is this is again to return to where this comes from. Uh, uh, on like a twenty minute break, I came up with a bunch of ideas. See, this is the thing, John: is you've got to challenge me. You've got to like you put me on the spot, and I'm going to come up with stuff. That's mm-hmm. the thing. And I came up with a bunch of these topics that I that we agreed might be kind of interesting to talk about on the show. And that's what we're doing now is we're talking about talking about that here on the show, mm-hmm. right? Um, should we just go through these? Yeah, sure, John. This is a question that means a lot to me. This is a question that. I don't know. I mean, I guess it could be argued this is a question I just asked somebody when I don't know what else to say, but I do think it's a really good question. John, is there anything that you're really excited about right now? Hmm. Let's see. Now, we could do the usual thing where first we talk for 20 minutes about the framing of it. And you no, tell me... No, I'm, you, you framed it well. I'm familiar with the what are you excited about right now question. Okay. Um, I've probably been asked it by you before, in fact. Um, well, the I like good to know thing, what, the, what people are up to. Like the kind of thing that, like, you know... Gets, gets your juices humming? I think one of the, the first thing that came to mind, I mean, I get yeah, it was the first thing that came to mind is I'm kind of excited for the change of seasons mm-hmm. here in New England um, for reasons that you will not be surprised about. Um, 
not just that you know, fall is nice and pretty in New England and I'm kind of sick of the hot weather and all the other stuff, uh, but mostly because I'm looking forward to being uh, being in my house like underneath a blanket for yeah. warmth, being able to watch my fancy yeah, was, TV. Was, that's what I was going to guess is, is you'll get less uh, guff for all your layers and your warmth. No, like uh, watching my watching shows on my fancy TV. So it's, we're getting to that time of year where shows are starting to come out. But in the summer, it's like, oh, we didn't have any shows to watch. We're, we've caught up on all the shows we're going to watch over. Now we've got like all sorts of things going on. There's the the Lord of the Rings show. There's mm-hmm. the, uh, the returning. Do you want do you want dragons or elves? I, I, yeah, I got yeah. That's right. You got the House of the Dragon thing going on. I think Walking Dead is coming back. Like all the shows are coming back, and I would love to watch on my fancy new TV. But boy, there's nothing worse than trying to watch a show when your house is all hot and you can't run the air conditioner because it's too noisy for you to see people. And the fall comes and it's crisp weather and you're snuggled up in your nice warm house with yeah, your dog next that is to you nice. on, the, on the couch with the blankets over you and maybe a snack. And you get to watch a TV show. Uh, I'm excited about being in a non-hot house uh, and watching television. Does that sound terrible? I don't know. That's that's my life no, right now. Not at all. Not at all. We had a um. Well, this is not news to the planet, but. <clears throat> There's been a big heat, you know, series of heat events going on mm-hmm. all over the place. But e- even uh, San Francisco hasn't been spared in the last week. And it's been, and, and again, I, w- why do we say that? Oh, it's 80 degrees, you poor thing. Well, it's because we're not really set up for that. Like we don't have air conditioning and stuff. And <clears throat> it can be, it can get uh, quite uncomfortable. I'm not, you know, I'm not asking for a parade, but that that's why we say that. But, you know, this time around, I'm saying to my lady friend, like, um, I, I, I like it when the weather changes a little bit. This actually is kind of ap- apropos of our, our third mini idea for this week is that like growing up in Ohio, uh, Ohio has seasons, at least where I lived. You know, you've got the the you think about when you're a little kid and you talk about the four seasons and how not, not, total, not total landscaping. <laughs> I'm just trying to match your energy. No, the but like when you, uh, you know, it's uh, the four seasons uh, when you're a little kid, they're so portrayable. Like you can staple stuff to the to the board and say, well, it's fall, and that means leaves and Halloween, and it means Thanksgiving, and you make a hand turkey, yeah, yeah, hand turkeys, title, and um, you've got uh, you've got you know uh, Christmas is winter, and you know spring is love and cleaning and things like that, and you know honestly, uh, I, I I think this is true. This is one of the things that's true, but in different ways in different places. We don't really get that here. I mean, we have something like seasons, but we certainly don't have four equidistant seasons that are very different. You know what I mean? Like we are, our summer is very knowable as summer and our summer is usually pretty cold, not as much as it used to be. But anyway, the point being that uh, I think it's very mentally and emotionally healthy to have seasons, which is not to say that the dearth of seasons means you're not healthy, but... I mean, one of the, uh, something I've said over and over to you in particular is like one thing that sucked about COVID is how so much of our, our rituals and just all the dumb crap we do as a family or as people. I mean, things, things I do, like let alone things I do with my kid and my, and my wife, like we just, we kind of really lost a couple years of that. There's a phrase they use in, uh, especially during the steroid, big steroid era in baseball. They always talk about asterisks, how this season now has to have an asterisk on it where, you know. Mark McGuire held this record or Sammy Sosa or whomever. Somebody held this record, but there's an asterisk next to it. And sometimes that asterisk is because of a shortened season, you know, because one thing about baseball is it's, you know, 
Oh, it's not the same everywhere. The fields are different and all that. But you know what I mean? Like, the, I feel like, you know, COVID gave us so many asterisks. And uh, that's a bummer. And I think it that's an, another, albeit small way, that that has sort of wounded my emotional and mental health. You know what I mean? Like, Christmas wasn't really Christmas. Summer's not really summer. Mm-hmm. And not just, not just for, and just to be clear here, that's not because I want to go be on a yacht with Dodi Alfayette, but because I, like... I think, especially living in San Francisco, where our the seasonal changes are so weird and anomalous, alongside that, then not even getting like that fun of you know just oh it says it's December first on the calendar and that means you know Christmas is starting to kick in. So even when it gets hot, I, I enjoy it. I like it. I like a little rain. I like a little dry. I like all of those things. And and I uh, I I feel you. Like getting to get enjoy your big TV under your slanket. That's that mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. living. I mean, that's the you know the. I'm lucky that where I live, uh, it's kind of by choice. Where I live is not that different season wise than where I grew up. Uh, it's a little bit uh, drier. We have a little bit more snow. A little bit. Uh, you know, a little bit less humid, a little bit colder in the winter. But Wait, hang on. Uh, but, so Boston, Boston Metro is d- drier than Long Island. Yeah, uh, more and hum- more, more likely, to, okay. more likely to get snow that sticks. Right. Um, yeah, because the humidity, of the island's got water all around it. Uh, but in, in all cases, I, I had I was used to having all four seasons, and the best thing about that, from my perspective, is just when you're getting sick of a season, <laughs> is when the next season rolls along. And then you're like, you're looking like I'm looking forward to fall, that crisp weather and it getting cold so I can wear long pants and long sleeves again and snuggle yeah, up in yeah, a blanket. Yeah. And my dog will be more likely to be on the couch with me because, you know, right now it's so hot. The dog gets on the couch and two seconds later she's panting and she goes down on the floor and lays on the, the oh, cool tiles. Daisy. right? Because it's hot, right? So she, she lays on your crooked floor because it's a little cooler. Well, she goes on the tiles, like the, the cool tiles. Dogs seek out the cool tiles to lay on. You know how they do that. They spread sure. out their whole body. Anyway. Sure, sure. Um, and then, you know, when we're in the dead of winter, it's like, I can't take this cold anymore. I'm so sick of shoveling. And you're so excited for spring to come. It's like, it's warm weather. I actually didn't have to wear slippers in the house. I could just walk around with my socks and I could be outside with a and t-shirt. You can, like, you, can, you can look forward to it and anticipate it and even have a rough idea of when it's likely to happen. Time to, yeah. time to go change, like, the clothes that are in the closet, you know? Yeah, and there's all the, the change of seasons rituals. But, like, it's it's like just as you're getting sick of it, just as, like, a, this weather that we're having, I can't take it anymore. It's like, ah, but now the new weather is coming. And that new weather you're looking forward to is exactly exactly what you'll be sick of by the end of that season and the next one comes along and it's nice to have kind of distinct seasons where we don't have just like winter and summer with mud season between them like if you live in vermont or whatever yeah. uh it, it's nice to have more or less far far easily distinguishable seasons um and this specifically i was excited about is you know watching my fancy new tv but that's tied up with the seasons because it's not as much fun to watch a, a, a television in the yeah, summer like, like how many this- times are you going to watch like a season six uh, shark tank Whereas, like when uh, when something new and exciting comes out, it's nice to have it on the big screen. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, the shows come back in the the fall and the winter because people spend more time inside and you get uh, more new stuff. But also, like, who wants to be inside when it's nice weather in the spring and summer? You want to be outside doing stuff, walking around. It's still light out, right? Whereas in the and winter, also, around- also uh, something that's very true for my wife and kind of true for me, but very true for her is the the foods that she's interested in eating. Uh, even even like beyond like is it in season right now like when it's hot out like she really wants like a salad or something cool and when it's really cold out she really w- wants something cozy and casserole or soupy or something like that i mean it's it's there's a lot of connections that are both i think understandable and realistic but also just kind of like nice traditions you know 
Yeah, the change of seasons, change of foods. Yeah, you know, there's all the memes going around about soup season. The people who are into pumpkin spice, I'm not, but for the people who are into it, they're excited to yeah. get back on that train. Um, I'm definitely feeling all that stuff. Um, I am excited about. Oh, so I don't know if you heard. You're still behind on Dubai Friday, right? Yes, I'm, Dubai still, Friday. I'm still working on the Flophouse no, no, ketchup. No, no, I don't, no, then no, I'm going to no, have no. to do by Friday just, ketchup. I don't so know what I'm going to do. these horrible drawings. I'm kind of excited. I'm excited about pencils right now. And uh, and I'm excited a little bit about uh, uh, doing some drawing. Uh, I'm excited about that. Oh, oh, the reason I mentioned it is because uh, we have to make a, a blog with Blot. And uh, that's what I've been working on the last couple of days. I don't know what Blot is. What is Blot? Uh, it's one of those kind of like, well, I mean, like cl- close to something like Jekyll. Or like in the sense of like you put some uh, dot MDs. A, a static site generator thing? Well, th- it's really neat. It's like four bucks a month. Let's get that out of the way. You put a bunch of your files, like dot MDs, normally dot MDs, into uh, a folder on Dropbox or GitHub, <clears throat> excuse me, or wherever. And then they do the rest. It could be images. could be web locks. It could be like, it's really cool. If you drag a web lock in there, it'll make a, like a, uh, you know what I mean? A dot, you know, web location. It'll make like a, uh, let's take a screenshot of it and make it the image. It's a really, really clever site. Blot.im. I'll put it in notes. Um, and I've been uh, messing around with that. So I just said, you can see some of my terrible doodles, my, my lysergic doodles I've been making. Because uh, I'm learning how to draw cute. <laughs> are, you bring, are you bringing these to your libertarian therapist? Should I? Yes. It kind of puts in the mind a little bit of like Miro or Dali a little bit, huh? Uh, I, I like the thumb guy who looks a the lot like, um, it's interesting that you put Lloyd there because it reminds me of the character that Jake Lloyd plays as a child. It looks a little bit like Vader in Return of the Jedi. Oh, huh. Did you see how I'm doing, I'm learning how to do shading a little bit? Mm-hmm. But really, the book I'm really excited about is I'm learning how to, uh, um, I, I got a book at the SF MoMA, uh, it's called How to Draw Adorable. And it's about how to make things that are cute. It basically yeah. shows you how to make big eyes for things. Well, so but what was the prompt for the first top two images here? Oh, that's an old, I had this old book, but there was a fad for a while, a few years ago, this thing called Zentangle, where you get a little square piece of cardboardy paper. And it's one of those phony baloney, like bullet journal, like this will change your life things. Mm-hmm. But you just draw on this little square and it has encourages you to like start by drawing a square. And then inside the square, you draw a line and you think about your life. But I mostly just wanted to uh, use my... Uh, what are they called? Koenors. But you mostly just drew triangles with circles in them. No judgment. Yeah. But I think I think oh, the hair a, on the dandelion looks a little, bit of a little thing like going flames. On here. Well, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talking mm-hmm. about on the side of the pizza slice? The, both both of those images. The top two images. Yeah. At first, you think it's hair coming out of the vagina, but then then it's actually just, just roots. This is discharge. Yeah. Okay. These roots, the clutch. Um, and I'm, I'm excited about pencils. What else am I excited? I'm excited about the wisdom document. I'm excited about uh, not too much else. I'm excited about. Uh, I mean, that's 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 probably plenty right there. Are you excited about the school year? I know we talked a little bit about school on. A past I dare episode. not. I dare not talk about it. I'm gonna. You know that thing that Alex does sometimes. I'm gonna do that thing now. I'm gonna whisper to you, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna act like it's a secret mm-hmm. that only you can hear. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Things are going great. And it's finally going our way for the first time in a long time. Got a crazy teacher wears dark glasses. Uh, wait, wait, hang on. Teacher wears dark glasses. Wait, wait, things is are that, going that great. So and I gotta wear better. shades. Things uh, are going great, right and they're only getting better. Uh, uh, um, um, study nuclear um, science. I love my classes. I am, I am ex- 
Wait, is that? I, th- I thought that was uh, uh, Timbuk Timbuk Three. Are you? Are, are, was that Weird Al? Who are you doing? I God, don't know. It, the teacher, he wears dark. That's Timbuk Three. You're talking about Future So Bright. I got to wear shades. Yeah. Right. Okay. Weird. Um. Yeah. No. It's. I am excited about the school year, and I'm excited. I'll, I'll tell you off air, but like, there's just you know. The Sunday night before school started, I was ready to like ugh, just walk into the sea. I'll tell you about it later. But yeah, I you know I am, I am excited about that. Um, it could be a lot, a lot worse. Not still not very excited about the school system in general, like mm. as a thing. John, I got a lot of problems with institutions right now. I know you think yep. that our I'm opposition. Our school system all doing great. I've I've become um yeah I've become a little bit uh, I don't know I think a lot of those systems are pretty gnarly. I'm not loving them right now. But there are things I do love. I, I do love my pencils. I found a new kind of black wing, which is a black wing uh, mat, M-A-T-T-E. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the softest pencil I've ever used. <laughs> is it my adorable? Wife. It's pretty adorable. No, I didn't. No, these are not. I didn't send you like my cute ones. I'll send you a cute one. Um, but uh, I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying The Walking Dead. You know, I went back. And as I say, I'm, I'm, I rewatched from the beginning. And the things I've watched... The prison starts season three, ish. Yeah, so like right after Michonne or how do you say it, Michonne? Michonne, yeah, Michonne, yeah. But like you know, that's I'm I'm over halfway into season three now. Um, but it was really fun to go back and see, especially season two because season one's like six episodes. But to really really appreciate more about Herschel's family, like seeing them. And like being able to appreciate Herschel more and like being able to like most of my Rick exposure is Rick already. I mean, even when you get to like three and four in the prison times, he's already pretty, you know, he's seen a lot. But Mm. like Rick struggles to stay humane and like putting up with Herschel's idea of like collecting <laughs> what do they call geeks, collecting geeks, biters, and and putting them, you know, in the in the barn. You no, know, they're on, they're on season whatever because I'm still watching Walking Dead. They're on season whatever, and I could not tell you anything about this show after the season when Negan arrived. But like, I, I feel like there must have been a meeting early on where they just said, "Okay, uh, for today, all we're doing is coming up with alternate names for the Walking Dead." <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because they still yeah. are coming out with new ones. That every episode really? is still. A new one. Still, well, you got, you yes. got Walkers, I, I watched, Fighters, Geeks. Oh, no, there's uh, too many to list. There's got to be a yeah. Wikipedia page. Well, for them, and, and that's the thing I was just explaining. Explaining, dad's planning, zombie planning was like what you have to understand is like in the early days of this, there's a lot they didn't know. They, they didn't go on the internet and, and agree there's to it. There's no on internet. We didn't know what they were called. And I like that about the first, especially like two, three seasons. No, two, first two seasons really is the whole like. Well, you know, you got to like, like you know, when they get to the prisoners and they're like, you you can't just keep hitting it with a baseball bat in the tummy. You have to like do brain stuff to mm-hmm. kill it. Or, or like you know, not to I don't want to spoil it, but there's a big reveal, I guess at the toward the end of season two. I know you know this, but like we learn a thing about the virus that we didn't know before. You know about mm-hmm. the you know it's it's mm, not just I know all about it. Yeah, um, but it was really fun to get to revisit that. But I'm still mad about well, you know, we have a we have a you and I have a the, the survivor, our boy. I'm still mad about that. Yeah. That's a lot, a lot of people stop watching, and uh, you know. Oh, I, I'm still mad about that. And boy, let me tell you, uh, that was the right move because there were some really bad seasons after that. Some really bad ones. It had it recovered. And you're, a but little you're still bit. doing it, right? You're still doing it. Yeah, it recovered a little bit. Like what I was watching recently is there's this. They're doing so many spinoffs again. Talk about eating everything on the plate that's in front of them, or not leaving money <laughs> on the table is exactly how I would say here. Um, there's a thing called uh, Tales from the Walking Dead. 
oh, all I knew was this and uh, was it Beware of the Walking Dead or Watch Out for the Walking Dead? Fear, like Fear a, of the Walking Dead is another spinoff. That's Fear Them. Yeah, Fear of the Walking Dead. There was uh, there was another Tales one. Tales from the Walking Dead is that like expanded universe? So Tales from the Walking Dead is single episodes, like anthology host, single episode, standalone episodes with you know mostly with not any continuity. Oh, is it any good? I mean, since they're standalones, you watch one, and you're like, oh, that was a stinker. But then next week, it's all new sure. people, right? Uh, yeah. One of them, the one I saw recently, did bring back some characters from the main show, and it seemed like it was itself trying to be a spinoff. But they do wacky stuff with them. They're mostly silly and, you know, eh, whatever. But the reason I was watching them is because they are standalone, because I kind of like that format, right? Uh, yeah, sure. And in, and in the standalone episodes, because you meet new characters, like every one of them has like, oh, we meet a new character in a different place, and they're going to have a name for them. The, the most recent one was hilarious. It was a, a scientist, naturalist scientist type person who was studying them in this standalone <laughs> like, episode. Like a, like a Milton? <laughs> Yeah, in this episode, uh, and he, I don't know if he's actually a scientist, because in these Walking Dead shows, you find out, you know, he was like, uh, he worked at a Wendy's before the <laughs> Doomsday came. We know early on that Glenn delivers pizzas, which which really sets a low bar for what we get out of that fellow. Yeah, anyway, uh, and this guy calls them Homo Mortis. Huh. He decides they're a new species. That and seems the... like something I would have come up with in 10th grade and thought, pre- thought I was pretty clever yeah. about. And then he meets someone else who calls them. I forget what they call them. The the the, uh, the cutters, or I don't know. It was not. It's not the cutters. That's that's uh, breaking no, it's bike away, riding. But, yeah, <laughs> right. But it was it was another new townies, name, and I the townies, and I noted it. I'm like this, this one this one <laughs> episode. Yeah. This one episode of the standalone spinoff thing came up with two new names. Like they must just have an unlimited bucket of these. They just put their hand in the bucket, they pull it out. It's like okay, we got Homo Mortis and yeah, whatever this is. <laughs> I don't remember the name. They just slide off your brain, but. Yeah, they're they're not worth watching. You should. It was it was it's been fun to go back though. So yeah, I, I'm so you're telling me if I hear correctly, you're you're with it because like this is how you are. You stick with something. Yeah, and you know whatever. I just I mean I let I let whole seasons fill up and then I just watch them. And I I got I felt when the, there's the scene. I feel like I remember this must have been three years ago at this point. But ne- Negan's his name, right? Negan. There's that yeah. Negan. There's like a scene like outside an RV and everybody's like on their knees. Yep. Nope. That's when you have to stop watching this. And. Like it really, it it made me sad, and it really felt gross. And it was dumb. And here's here's the best thing about this. this is going to be such a great case study for like future entertainment historians. Yeah, uh, they made the terrible mistake of hiring an actor to play like the bad guy in that season <laughs> in that scene, who is so charismatic and so good at his job. He's so handsome. His character on Grey's Anatomy was annoying, but he's he's so good. He's the comedian from Watchmen. Yeah, and they couldn't, because of that, because of the actor, yeah. they couldn't, spoilers, you and don't he dresses, know, he dresses cool? If he's got like that kerchief? you don't want to know this, but like, uh, so spoilers for the next 30 seconds, the show couldn't kill him off because the actor is too good, and so you got this character that everyone wants to see die that they and refuse to kill. And they're probably kind of lucky to have him, right? Yeah, I mean, he, Jeffrey he does a great job in, in the show, but it's like, but really, you need to kill this guy. <laughs> But they can't because the actor was too good. Yeah, but like, I'm repeating myself, but like it has been really fun. Like season two, like there's a lot of a lot of very important world building. And like early Game of Thrones, which I've also recently been rewatching, like it's much. I love the pace of season two, you know, like there's not, you know, what I mean, there's not too much. But like, you know, when they get to the farm Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of great. And like Merle is gone as far as we know. And, you know, there's all that stuff, but like, I mean, I really like, of course, Maggie is my TV girlfriend. So like, you know, yeah, you wish, huh? You think so? Or you think I, I'm no Glenn? No, you, you definitely aren't. <laughs> she could, uh, she could teach Similar me to ride height, a, maybe. She could teach me to ride a horse. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I love her. 
Uh, but I, like, I really like Beth, and like, I never really quite got my arms around the whole Andrea thing because I mostly know Andrea as being with the governor. Mm-hmm. The governor's great. You know, he was on the Doctor Who. I'll bet all these secret Brits probably. He's were. a secret Brit, and David Morrissey, not the singer, but Stephen Morrissey. He played like an alternate universe uh, doctor in one episode with uh, with uh, number ten. With um, who was the recent secret Brit that was annoying me? Someone... Oh my god! They're, 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 our new thing between me and the kid is secret New Zealand people. Yeah, and it makes us very. There's like, but no, but like, I, I file them uh, under secret Brit. But like Beth, when Beth started talking, of course, I, I turned to the ombudsman, the referee, and I said, Madeline. Is Beth English? Because I'll bet she's no wait. I bet she's Irish. She looks like she could be Irish. She's like, no, she's totally American. I'm like, God damn it! I can't. I I don't even. I can't even tell anymore. Yeah, it's so hard to tell, especially when they exaggerate the accent. I'm trying to remember what what show it was that it was someone doing a very Maggie's, exa- Maggie's English, right? Yeah, uh, Rick very is exaggerated English. American accent. Maggie's English. Rick is English. Um, uh, Daryl is American. Uh, Carol. Is American, as far as I know. I'm not talking Herschel. about Walking Dead. I'm talking about a, a different show where, where a secret Brit, a, okay, a modern tell me, show. Tell me your secret Brit. I don't. I can't remember it. It was. It was just so upsetting. I probably just blocked it out. But see, I'm. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is, I thought I'd gotten deep in, into this enough where I could tell mm-hmm. when somebody was a secret Brit. But no, they, they fooled me, Jerry. That's how you, that's how they're secret. I think the best way to fool me on these type of things is have the actor do an accent that you know the actor doesn't have. Like, so do a really thick Southern accent. And I see that and I'm like, okay, well, this person, their Southern accent is not convincing. Uh, they're, uh, I'm not convinced they have a Southern accent. But then I don't go the extra step and say, yeah, but what do you think their real accent is? Like, you know the Southern accent is fake. Right. Well, that's the thing, because like that, that was the thing with uh, What's Her Head in Mayor of Easttown. It's like, it's one thing to be able to do a passable, and there's a phrase I learned in the last year that I think about a lot, where somebody said there's no such thing as an English accent. Mm-hmm. There's only regional, like yeah. a specific, like there's a difference between like if you're from Cornwall or if you're from, you know, Manchester or- yeah, you, uh, could learn, you could learn about the, uh, the, the, yeah, the Manchester, the accent from watching well, the receptionist on uh, the doghouse on or, HBO. Or uh, the four Yorkshiremen, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but that, yeah, seeing the actual people. Do you know the term I'm talking about, the doghouse on HBO? We call it the dog show, but that's not what it's called. It's called the no. doghouse. It's, no. it's a show on HBO. I think I tweeted about it ages ago. Okay. Um, it's like where people go to a facility to adopt dogs, and it's this palatial facility out in the out in the the beautiful countryside of England. Is it a murder and, mystery? Uh, no, it's a reality show. Uh, they have a bunch of dogs, and then people Aww. just show up each episode and say, we're here to adopt a dog, and they say, here's what kind of dog we want, and then they meet the dog. Oh wow! And then, that sounds good. And you have to see whether they're going to take the dog home or not. That's it. It's okay. just a reality show. It's a very like wholesome and, reality and show. You get, do you get a lot of good Northern England from well, that? Well, but the, so the receptionist, like the receptionist who's at the desk when you come in the door and says hello, always you meet the receptionist first, and it's this this one woman who has a like a Manchester accent, and hearing her say "lovely" instead of "lovely," <laughs> uh, yeah. like, you start to pick up on like, oh, now I can tell the difference between this and the Queen's English, right? So even for us ugly Americans who don't understand the seven thousand yeah. accents on that island, right, you can right, start right. to pick them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, I, like I, I love the actor. I think his name's John Bernthal, the guy who plays Shane. Oh, also, I got more texture on Shane now. Uh, oh man, wow, a lot going on with Shane. Um, but like, he's I, secret he could, Brit too, isn't he? He could be a secret. I don't know. No, he's got to be American. No, I think he's a secret Brit. Because I was gonna say no. Because I, oh wow, whoa, this is gonna be really embarrassing. Because what I was about to say was his accents are so good. Hey, everybody who thinks that that David Simon show is not good because it's too much like The Wire, shut up. It's really good. He's great on that show. 
the show that's not the wire. Yes, where he does like, well, not like, but similar to a Titanic woman. He's got that uh, mid Atlantic, like Philadelphia, um, Philadelphia, Maryland, you know, kind of accent. You know, Mm -hmm. if I find out he's English, I'm going to be so goddamn mad. That's, I mean, that's going to, that's going to be the end of things. But he's, uh, if he turns out, see, I don't know. I'm sitting here and right now, uh, this is like, uh, what's called, uh, not, not the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, but Schrodinger's, uh, accent. Like I, I, I'm going to have to look. And when I look, no matter what the result is, I'm going to be mad. Uh, he was born, he was born in Washington, DC. So you're okay. Okay. John Bernthal was born in Washington. Did you know my my Google device is a secret Brit? Yeah, I know you do that with the voices there. Hello, hello, hello. What's all this then? Uh, but who who else was good that I was going to say? Yeah, but like the point I was trying to make poorly was that like it's so neat. The pivot point with the regional English accent stuff is that it's so neat when somebody doesn't do, just do a. See, I was about to say something mean. I don't. I think that uh, who's the guy from um, uh, Fry and uh, you know what's his name? Whose house? What's the guy's name? House. Uh, yeah, I know the guy you're talking about. House. Um, Laurie. Hugh Laurie. Fry yeah, Laurie. There you go. Yeah. Like, he, I think his, like, especially on Veep, I think his accent is fun, but it is a- It's not convincing. <laughs> it's, well, it's a somewhat, you know, generic, but like when people, I think the good people, like that handsome guy on in the Wired videos, I think when when you're trained by somebody really good, you, mm-hmm. you develop a regional American accent. And that's that's the stuff that really impresses me. Yeah, and obviously the easiest way to get fooled is this is the first time I've ever seen this actor, so I have no baseline. And you know, that's you know, like this could just be how they talk. They okay. Talk now here's a another bit. one from uh, let's see, from the nice guys and from Mayor of Easttown. What about that uh, the 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 pretty blonde girl from? Uh, I bet she's English. The Mayor of Easttown girl with the short hair, the daughter. I bet she's English. Mm. Secret Brits. You know what? We don't have time. We're gonna have to do a, a, a whoops all Secret Brits episode at some point. Uh, but I'm enjoying I'm enjoying The Walking Dead, and I know when to quit. And I think uh, I think that I think the governor season is good. And, and then, but the thing is, it goes into four also, right? Doesn't it go also into four? Because oh, I, I can never remember the season numbers. If you had asked me when the prison season one, there's no way I would have guessed three. <laughs> well, I only know because uh, you know when I got some time off, uh, you know I'm not doing a thing. I'll be uh, you know thursday's my thursday i do my work i do my things and sometimes i'll watch uh, most of a season of a tv show when i'm just hanging out in my repose because it makes me happy mm-hmm. um and nobody bugs me or or wants to watch something else um but uh so yeah so like i wrapped up season two which ends with a certain hooded character mm-hmm. with two zombies on. oh my god you know she's in black panther did you know that i did know that yeah she's really good She's terrific in that show. I, I man, woof. Anyway, Walking Dead, England. Um, John, question two. Next our show. What app do you use for coding? I, I mainly did that. I asked this question to you months ago because I thought it would annoy you because you never want to talk about this. Is there anything that you would like to say about your environment, your IDE, your apps, your things? Um, what do you What do you use for making uh, making job code? So I've been a BB Edit man my whole life since 1992 or whatever. Still on Monaco 10, right? Uh, Monaco 9. Um, oh, no, not, not rocking that anymore because Retina I'm on really... in, in Consolata Semi-Condensed 19. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> uh, Retina, Retina messed that up. But I was going to say, so I, I use BB Edit for everything, not just coding, but writing long quorum stuff, all my HTML, blah, blah, blah. But ever since a couple of years ago when I created a, a couple of uh, small little Mac apps, 
Um, it, ah. it make like the way back in the day, Project Builder used to let you it used to have support for external editors. So you can still use BBEdit to write your code. But mm -hmm. the Xcode because, because it was doing uh, forgive me talking out of my depth here, but that was the machinery that would compile it and make binaries. But like all your text files that you make the code in could live in any text editor. They could. It had its own text editor built in, but also said, "Hey, if you want to use an external editor, they called it. Here's like an API to support it." But as integration between uh, what is now called Xcode and the rest of the stuff increased, the external editor support disappeared and now the support mm -hmm. in the xcode editor for like autocomplete and documentation lookup and just like the integration like it really is an id and integrated development environment right for right, all right. those apps i use xcode because xcode it knows, is, i mean like if i had to describe an ide to somebody who hadn't done this stuff it would be like imagine if you went into the kitchen and like instead of having to gather all of these different things for a popular family meal like it knows what you want to do. It knows what you need in order to do it. And as soon as you like, even just start to reach for, you know, a certain like gizmo, it knows exactly what you want. It's like, you know what I mean though? But like it knows what you want to do and it knows how to help you with it. And also like UI wise, uh, you know, when you, you know, try to build the thing and there are errors or whatever, it annotates exactly where the errors are right on top of your code. Like mm -hmm. when you set breakpoints, it's right inside the editor. Like everything is integrated and it makes a huge difference. Things that would be very difficult to do with an external editor, even if you had a very complicated API with the integrated editor, it's not like there's a text window and there's the rest of the app. Everything happens in that text window. Like it's, and so it is by far the, like the best. I remember when external editor support went away, people were like, well, I'm just going to keep editing external. And you can, you can use an external editor and just save your document. That'll work. It's not, it's swinging against the stream, but it's like you're leaving, you, it's, it would be terrible. All the features that the app has, you're sort of leaving them aside. So it sounds like you don't hate this. No, I like it. I think it's really good. I think the Xcode editor is really good. I do miss wow. a lot of my BB editisms. I've tried to recreate some of them by changing key bindings. And occasionally huh. I will bring something over to be edit to do some big change and bring it back, which is the thing you can still do because in the end it's just plain text. I still use BB edit for like copy lines containing. It's just, there's like, it oh, yeah, seems like have, one of those I, things. I have those bound to keystrokes. I have, I have. But that, uh, those things, the copy lines containing should be table stakes in any text editor, but it's surprisingly, I told you this, I think I almost did like an aux ed kind of thing or a, I forget what, how I was going to do it, but like, like it just seems like table stakes to me. It's, it seems like almost like command A. Like it, you, th this should just be a key that's the same everywhere because everybody needs this. Yeah, I mean, I kind of it reminds me a little bit of Photoshop 2.0 before they added layers, uh, mm. where I used to what they call channel ops, where everything you did would result in a new thing. I'm really big on copy lines containing into new document, and yeah, so I yeah, end yeah. up with like 15 windows that are slowly winnowing down. Right, like that's and I, ha I have that stuff bound to to keystrokes, well, especially on a big document. Which I mean, yeah, that's the other thing is BB Edit is. BB Edit, like it's it can be an, a form of entertainment to just throw a giant document at BB Edit because BB Edit handles large documents in ways that other apps it, they just it's just beach ball. You're done. Like it'll you'll never get that back. And BB Edit handles it. It's the craziest thing. Yeah. So I still so I still use BB Edit for everything except my two Mac apps. Interesting. And so do you make like? projects or you just you just drag a folder full of stuff no, I, I don't use the project thing i don't drag folders full of stuff i open individual files and individual windows i've just started playing with that in vs code i've just started because um my my i mean i don't do code for a living but like there's 
Uh, I like VS Code so much, I find reasons to do stuff in it and like learn new things in it. And it's really paid off in a lot of ways. Like right now, I'm just looking at, like, for example, setting up this blog um, thing for Do By Friday, which is something I wanted to do anyway. You know, um, it's great. There's no like, there's no, I mean, a lot of the stuff that Blot deals with is handled easily by VS Code. So like JSON stuff, YAML, um, Front Matter, all that kind of stuff, of course, it handles fine. Markdown stuff, it all handles fine. But like I'm, I, you know, I want to have stuff like I, I, there's got to be a way to do this and I just haven't figured it out yet is like, oh, you know, all these folders that constitute this project, did you know you can save that and call it a workspace? And like, oh, that's so cool. Good. And you know, like in my workspace, is there a way to like, like I know BB Edit used to be able to do this in the 90s. Can you set like, you know, can I set like a relative path so it knows that when it's looking for this directory, look on this server, you know, that kind of stuff. That's, uh, you, so you, hmm, so you don't, you don't need all that fanciness. Uh, not for what I use BB Edit for. I mean, which is Perl, I'm writing, Perl writing with languages where there's no good IDs. Well, that's not true. There is good. Like, so say I'm doing Perl, which I still like my, my website thing, CMS, if you want to call it that, that I wrote for my website is all in Perl, obviously. Um, and I edit it with BB Edit. And if you use VS Code, uh, there are Perl plugins that do way more than BBEdit does in terms of understanding Perl and, you know, helping you, like, in terms of compiling and debugging and all that stuff. But it's just, that's not, I, I didn't have that for my entire career as a Perl programmer, and so I <laughs> no, don't, I don't that, need that, it now. And that's why there's still so much stuff that's in my fingers from TextMate, because mm -hmm. I, I put so much effort into macros and snippets and, like, all kinds of stuff with uh, with TextMate that I just I just kind of expect everything to be able to do but um so interesting huh so xcode i should look at xcode i mean it's all it's only good if you're making a mac or an ios or an ipad app like you yeah. i wouldn't use it it's not it's not for well, this purpose I had to change my associations because they always wants to uh, json always want dot js no, don't always let it open your json no 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 i've got that all in the in the vs code now but um yeah. it is neat though that if you describe, I, I think I, I made this remark to you because I think Casey, Casey likes VS Code too, right? For his real work. I think but so. Like, uh, yeah, but like I, I would not have imagined uh, even a year ago probably, or especially two years or more, not definitely not 30 years ago, that two of my favorite things are technically Microsoft products. Like I love GitHub and the GitHub Mac app and, the, you know, and I love VS Code and it's, it's just neat that like it's a whole like uh, like a whole platform that does stuff and uh, it, it it makes me happy and uh, I got to be careful because it can be a little bit of an attractive nuisance but man TextMate TextMate really changed the game for me that really that was the first in the same way that having a movable type site caused me to need to learn terminal stuff for the first time um, I feel like you know TextMate really got me excited about how this could be used for non-writing stuff. Oh, did you see those links I put in? I put a couple of links in. Um, just, I, we didn't, they're not really entirely interesting or appropriate, but John Udell is a guy whose blog I've been reading for years, and he's written a couple interesting things about using, like encouraging people to use GitHub for stuff that's not code, mm -hmm. including most recently a way that you can, you know, teach, you know, using using GitHub and I don't know. I'm just fascinated by GitHub. And I love that, you know, VS, VS, VS Code works fine with that on its own. But then, like I say, the, the Mac desktop app for GitHub is good. Like, it, it's really simple and it really works. I remember John Udell from ages ago. He was heard. a blog guy back in the day. There you go. What was he famous for? 
he was famous for something involving, I want to say like travel. Maybe he had a bookmarklet. Maybe he made a bookmarklet that I loved. There's all these characters that I hope are not lost to time. You know, I hope somebody's remembering all these people who did good stuff in the mid-2000s. I'm looking them up now. Practical Internet Groupware. Yeah, that's probably what I know him from. Uh, and he had the uh, tag, tangled, tangled in the Threads column from Byte Magazine. That's probably also wow. where I know Wow. Byte Magazine. 2002, yeah. I, I was a big Dang. fan of Byte Magazine. Hmm. Um, let's save our other one. Yep. Do you have anything to, to say to the nice people before we sign off? Uh, go get your uh, fancy new COVID vaccine. I highly recommend it. And it's probably easy to get because people are dumb. <laughs> also, sorry, England. I'm not sorry. 